So a few weeks ago, you guys recommended a couple of movies. One was the Mr. Rogers movie, and then the other one was the printing press movie. Oh, yeah, the printing press mm-hmm. movie. I watched both of them last night, and they're really good. I'm glad I watched them. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. Very yeah. Good. Like the, the, the printing press one, I love watching a, a group of people who are super excited about a hobby that they do. That's, I know the passion in that movie is great. Yeah. That's really I like that more than I actually like like what they've done. You know, some of the prints are are, are great, but the, you know, the passion that comes through is yeah. is really what I dig. And then the the Mister Rogers movie is just touching, like that guy. Yeah, cared, and it was just yeah. completely obvious. It was so good. So thank you guys. Yeah, I, yeah, sure. I haven't watched the letterpress one yet. I'd like to. Um, actually, just keep forgetting about it, but. I finished up, and I know I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but I finished Scott Pilgrim again this morning on the treadmill. That movie is so good. <laughs> it's just so... If you've not seen that movie, it's not one I would watch with my kids, but, man, it's just so good in so many ways. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely go see it. Hey, you know what else is cool? This is episode 200. Oh, oh sh- look at all this the people here. This is the one? I know. What time does the party yeah, start? this is... Well, it started this morning. Remember, we're live right now in front of this audience, and like everybody's here. Hey, and guys. if you if you're not here in this audience, sorry, you didn't get the memo about us getting together. So when, besides that, when is making it 200? Because a couple of people keep asking me, and we haven't nailed the date yet, have we? We keep changing a it couple because of people. Things. Yeah, originally, so originally it was going to be in April. That was a plan, and then realized that I double booked that in spring break with my family, and then can't really do that, so. Um, we're pushing it off until the fall. Oh, is that what we were thinking? Maybe. Were we going to couple it with that other thing that I talked about, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. July, August, I think maybe in there somewhere. So maybe not the other thing that you were talking about. Okay. Okay. You know, the thing with the thing (laughs) and the thing. What are you guys (laughs) talking about? We will do it. We will do it. But see, also, you know, I was thinking about this. Um... We have to pick a time where we can, like, find a place. Which we have a, a place to do it, which is really awesome. But we have to pick a time that works with that location. And then we also have to put it out to all the other people that we want to come be a part of it on stage. Right. And try to get all those people together and then put it out to the people that actually want to come watch it. So there's a lot of potential failure for scheduling <laughs> right there. But, yeah, we're working on it. We haven't forgotten. Don't worry. I think the one right. thing anyway, that we learned from a couple of years ago was we need an event planner and we shouldn't do this ourselves because that's a lot of work. And then I agree. a couple of years come by and we're like, we're talking about event planning ourselves again. Yeah, I don't want to do it ourselves. And really, we didn't. I mean, we did some of it, but like Kelly took over a lot of it yeah. last time, which was super awesome. Um, so, well, yeah, we will do it. We have not forgotten, but... It's just really cool that this is the 200th episode. Congrats, guys. We've been doing this for a a long time. Congratulations. It's crazy. It is crazy. That's 200 Monday mornings of me forgetting we have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And you've only not shown up like 20 or 30 times, which is really cool. Every every week (laughs) it's like, hey, I'm like, oh, yeah, come by Monday. Nine o'clock is good. And then I'm like scrambling the night before. I'm like, oh, I have a podcast Monday morning. Nine o'clock. It's every- <laughs> how many so how many episodes do you think it'll take before you're like oh yeah i have a podcast that i do every week that i remember that 
honestly, I, I'm at it now, but every once in a long while, they'll be like, you know, a guy's going to come install, like, something for the house. And I'm like, yeah, come Monday morning at 9. It's perfect. And then I'm, like, scrambling. But that's, like, used to happen every Monday, and I'd have to rearrange plans later in the in that week. But now it, it happens maybe once every two months, once a month, where I'm like, <laughs> like, I get a message the night before, and it's like, hey, I'll see you tomorrow at 9. And I'm like, oh, I have a podcast tomorrow. Who is this? And I'm like, oh, no, I told the guy to come. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, it's just... I, I am the worst. Like I was supposed to have a phone call meeting with my agent and he's got something he wants me to do. My, my guy who helps me with my YouTube ad stuff. And for like the 15th time in a row, I just completely forgot we had a phone call meeting with like four other people and, you know, dial into this number and hit this code. I just completely forget. And I, I know I've said this before. I set my alarm on my phone. And either it goes off on the other side of the shop, and I'm like, "What is that annoying noise?" <laughs> and, and I just like, so it's it's completely <laughs> me. It's not necessarily my phone. Uh. Like when alarms go off, I have to like. It's like when you wake up in a hotel room and you have no idea where you are. My mm. alarm on my phone goes off, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm supposed to be doing something right now. What is it?" <laughs> and I'll like Google the time and place in my phone, my email. I'm like, "Oh, okay, I'm supposed to have a meeting," but you know. The, me actually solving what the problem is in time to get to that meeting is probably I'm like zero for ten and I, I'm when you set, fully expecting my agent to like yell at me the next time we speak so when you set a timer for something like that do you not put a note with it or like say what it is so that you can look at the phone and be like oh that's the thing that I'm supposed to be doing you can do that here we go. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I know your calendar is probably still busted. It's not okay, busted. I but... just have no faith in it anymore, so I don't use it. That's the problem. Well, there's your problem. Yeah, I know. So we've talked about it a few times, but Bob, do you want to retell the story of how the podcast got started? <laughs> sure, we can. Um, so this guy we know, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Jeff Durr. Uh Was on, I guess it was on Facebook? Yes. Yeah, Something? I think it was Facebook. He. He left a comment that I think the three of us were all in a conversation in some, you know, in the comments. And he left one saying, hey, the three of you should do a podcast together. And then one of us was like, oh, that'd be funny. And the other was like, oh, yeah, that'd be funny. I'd do that if you do it. And then they were like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it if you do it. Yeah. <laughs> and we were all kind of going, oh, that's a good idea. But anyway, so we got together and talked about it. And then we recorded one and didn't tell anybody. And we were like, well, if it's awful, yeah. then no one will ever know. Right. And it was only half off. So we put it out and we've been doing it ever since. Yeah. What a different time that was. You know, three of us using Facebook. Oh my God. I was going to say, <laughs> tell everybody what Facebook is. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> Facebook is this app that every single time you go to it, the interface is different. It's like, you know what it's like? You know what Facebook reminds me of? When I was a kid, we used to go to this place. It was uh, Consumer Distributors, if anybody in Long Island knows what that is. And it was a place that was a catalog company. And you could buy things out of the catalog. You, When you walked in, there was like a big catalog at a couple of podiums. And you sit there and then you order through. It's kind of like the first sort of internet company without an internet. It was like Amazon, where you just literally flip through the pages and say, I want one of these and one of these. And then they go behind the counter and they arrange shipping. And then they ship it to your house in a couple of days. It was a local thing. But everybody that got things to the house and didn't want them or they were broken or they returned them, they'd bring them back to this place. And half the store was all the returns. So you could go in there like a flea market and buy stuff. Hmm. All brand new, covered with tape, you know, because it was like put back together haphazardly. 
And my dad loved the place because you could always get cheap deals. Every time I open a Facebook, it reminds me of the haphazard disaster that was that like scrap bin <laughs> store because it's always rearranged. And it's every time I open a Facebook, I'm just like, I'm like bombarded with pictures, images, memories. I'm like, I just, where is the information that's current? Mm-hmm. Where is mm-hmm. like, you have friends, you and this guy have been friends for two years and this, and this do you want to say hello? Do you want to send a happy birthday? I'm like, no, it's like when you walk into Macy's and everyone's spraying you with perfume. That's exactly what I feel. So I never open Facebook anymore. You smell good anyway. You know, in yeah, my in my hometown, we didn't have an actual Sears, but we did have a Sears that was just a small, tiny little room. And you walk in and on the counter was like four or five catalogs and you would order out of the catalogs and they would either ship it to that location oh. or your home. Yep. And you know, it was funny. I remembered every catalog page was covered with a with a thin sheet of plastic so that like they wouldn't get torn out of the book. So somebody like, and the catalog was like, it was like a phone book for this place. It was that thick. It was like maybe 500 pages and every page was covered with a thin sheet of, and I remember as a kid, I would always fold through the pages and they would always glide on each other because they were all covered with nice plastic. And I always think, who's the guy that sits here and puts a piece, this like newspaper (laughs) sized thick piece of paper into a double thick, thin, anyway, you know what I'm saying? These are the things that I would always ask myself when I was a kid. So uh, speaking of Sears, this is way off topic, but did you guys have any uh, allegiance to Sears growing up or any like special, you know, because like now they're pretty much on their way out and they've got kind of a a last little uh, heartbeat. But did you have any history with Sears, going to Sears, buying stuff? Not until I was an adult, really. Uh, I worked for Kmart for eight years, and Kmart and Sears merged, so that was part of my paycheck for a long time. And then, um, like I mentioned before, in my hometown, we didn't have a Sears. It would be when we'd drive to Toledo. Um, Every once in a while, we'd go to a Sears. And there used to be a Sears auto mechanic that um, parents would go and you know, we could never afford new tires, so you you always bought used tires. And then um, a few years ago, I kind of like rediscovered Sears here in in my town. And I was like, oh my gosh, you can get Levi's so cheap here. And there's nobody here. It's like, I have the store to myself. I love shopping here. And then (laughs) they closed and they're no longer here. Mm. Yeah. My dad would always buy tools at Sears. So I grew up with craftsmen, a lot of craftsmen, uh, mostly mechanics tools, never any type of real machines. But I did have a couple but my dad was always at Sears. My dad is a, is a, is a bargain hunter. And so he would go to Sears and find like display units and returns and stuff. So he was always, always haggling with the managers of Sears. And I think they would just give him deals just so he would leave. They'd be like, all right, all right, all right just, just take it. Just, right, you can have, have a, That's but, a pretty good, uh, pretty good approach actually. <laughs> yeah. Annoy the S out of somebody until I just say, just take it. And that's, that's what my dad's good at. <laughs> I never saw anybody bargain in my life with a store manager of a real established store, except for my dad. (laughs) And he always got what he wanted. It's crazy. The only experience I really had with Sears that stands out is the catalog. And that's what made me think of it is like um, you mentioned the catalog. You know, like when I was looking for toys growing up for Christmas or whatever. Oh, yeah. The Wish Book is a very big deal in, in the toy business for many years. Yeah, I mean, like, I I can still picture the layouts of, like, Star Wars mm-hmm. and G.I. Joe, those type of toys, because they had a really different type of presentation than any other place that you would see all of those toys, right? So if you, 
you know, see them in the store, you see all the same stuff, but they're in packages on pegs on the wall. And then in the Sears catalog, you have like some rocky outdoor something with like all the ships and all the dudes yeah. set up and like you see it in play. And that I remember like those images really made the toys themselves a lot more like interesting to me than just going out and picking through the packages and finding the one that you want. And that's the only like real Sears specific thing, hmm. you know, and that that part has been gone for years and years and years. Yeah. So that's not even like a, a thing I'm missing. So I used to use the Sears catalog, not only for the toys, it was our Christmas wish list, but it was my way of learning how fast computers got every year because the computer section was a big deal for me. And they would always have the computers in there and like specs and like, oh, my gosh, they're up to 266 megahertz. Are you kidding me? Like, that's <laughs> that's my dream computer. When I first started, I was going to say when I first started in the toy business in the 90s, like 91, 92, 93, 94, maybe 95 is when things started falling off. The wish book was a very big deal. And I, I was working at a company and we would always design all the products that we sold to go into the toy section. We sold craft items. We sold like pottery wheels and looms. And we actually had the licensing for the Bedazzler, the original Bedazzler. So we had the license to sell the Bedazzler through the toy business. And the owner of the Bedazzler sold it through the through the television direct marketing. So the, like the ads that you saw on TV were, were from the owner who owned the Bedazzler. And we would sell it through to the toy business. But the catalog and all that, the, the Sears Wish Book catalog was still a big deal, like up until like 94, maybe 97-ish. I don't remember where it started falling off, but it probably had direct directly to do with uh, the internet taken over probably early on. But the Wish Book was such a big deal. In fact, in the toy business, they're very sought after because it has one of the most complete collections or slice of that era so like 79 hmm. 80 81 like all the 80s and all the 70s and even the 60s those wish books are very sought after by toy people so you could see what's going on in the toy business you know that slice of that year it's a very good cross-section and i have my brother has a huge collection of books and he stored them here at my house they're in my container so i probably have like 25 wish books in a row i should see if i can dig one out send some pictures around hmm. yeah it probably have ones with the with the toy with the uh with the star wars section if i could find it i'll send it to you guys yeah that'd be awesome the um i've talked about this show before um the toys that made us and uh, jimmy this i don't know it would be interesting to you in the same way because you were working in a certain portion of the toy industry but one of the cool things about that show is that they talk to the people who who developed the toys. And it's usually more on the creative side than the mechanical side, although I guess it does, it crosses into yeah, some of the stuff. I knew a lot of those. Like I knew too. a lot of the guys. Chicago was a very big toy-centric uh, creative hub. So I, I knew a lot but of that might guys. be a show that might be interesting to you just to see, because there's a lot of clips and a lot of sketches and stuff from like when, you know, it only covers a few lines of toys, but. It, there's a lot of early stuff about how those toys were developed and why they were developed and like what they were in response to and stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, the thing I was, I was going to bring up about Sears and I, I'm, you guys probably know this maybe, but a lot of people may not know is that when you hear um, t people talk about a craftsman style house. So that's from, and I could be a little bit wrong on this, so don't kill me if I'm if I don't have my facts 100% straight. You used to be able to buy a house from Sears. 
and they had a few different models and you would go into the Sears catalog and this is like way back in the day, you would go in and find the house model that you wanted and you would order the house from Sears <laughs> and you would get this truck pull up with everything you needed to build a house. And the reason that I think that they're called Craftsman style is because of, there were four models of this house, Craftsman brand houses, and they had a particular look because that construction was condu- you know the design was conducive to be able to construct it yourself like it was a hmm. a pattern that they laid out. And so there's a lot of this style house that is then patterned after the look of those original. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that's not where the name came from. Maybe there's something wrong there. I, I haven't never really researched it, but I always thought it was super cool that you could go into a Sears catalog and order a home. And yeah. like <laughs> they just show up with everything you need and you just build the house. That's that is so cool. Yeah. Another, Thomas Edison uh, was, was uh, early explorer. I don't know if he was the first, but he developed precast homes, precast cement homes. And there's a section somewhere in the world where you could go and see like a bunch of those homes still set up. He hmm. developed precast concrete homes and you'd show, he'd show up with all the sections or his company would show up with like, a home like a small one level house would have like 10 sections of cast concrete and they'd pl- pop it all together so that's you know 150 years ago people were thinking like that i'm, I'm sure my my that's pretty awesome our, our, our sports nerds people will relate to this but as a little kid growing up a cleveland indians and a cleveland browns fan when you got to like the sports section or the the nfl pajamas and if they're the 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 glamour shot that they use if the kid was wearing like a browns or indians jersey it was like a win i was like yes that's so awesome my our sports people will 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 understand because because (laughs) in the in the photo there'd only be like four kids and so you got to choose four teams out of the 28 or whatever it was back then and if it was a browns it just felt so good all right i'm correcting myself Sorry to interrupt you and change the subject real quick. I looked up the American Craftsman, and I was wrong about where the name came from. So the name is separate from the Sears and Roebuck uh, kit houses. It came from the arts and crafts movement, I guess. That's where that's from. But there's a lot of overlap in style, and maybe the Sears houses were built in the style of the Craftsman stuff and not the other way around. So I stand corrected by myself do not send emails so don't yeah send email complaints to jimmy at (laughs) just kidding don't at me yeah anyway um so we went on a real crazy little tangent there about sears Mm. any other sears topics or things or well the craftsman brand is now available at lowe's and uh, i was talking about doing some advertising for them but it didn't materialize so I was going to do some Craftsman tool stuff, but I don't know if that's even going to happen now. But uh, Craftsman has a big line of tools now at the Lowe's store, where Craftsman used to only be exclusively available at Sears. And when Sears was starting to to go below zero, they were scrambling and they sold the Craftsman brand off to Stanley Black & Decker. So now Stanley Black & Decker owns Craftsman, and Stanley Black & Decker is Porter Cable, DeWalt, Skill, Stanley, (laughs) and Black & Decker. And so now it's also Craftsman. So that's all from the same giant conglomerate. And it's exclusively available at only Lowe's stores. And they're really going Is crazy. It? Yep. They're really going crazy with the branding. They're, they're, I thought it, it was at Ace as well. Is that true? I don't know. I haven't seen it. But, um, it used to be, but I don't know. 
Yeah. No, so now uh, I, Lowe's has the uh, exclusive distribution rights for Craftsman. And they're really pushing it hard. I bought a Craftsman toolbox just because I like I wanted a big red toolbox. So I was hoping to get ten they, of them, but Lowe's stopped answering my emails. They are at at Ace. They're not exclusive to Lowe's. Okay, there you go. Out there. Yeah. But I do think like they you know have all new tools and they're making a big push yeah. across for the brand. But anyway, um, what have you guys been up to? What have been what have you been working on? I made a xylophone. Electrified xylophone. I saw that. So that was. A, did you make all the music too? I on did. that xylophone. Yes. And uh, so, I, I, if you haven't seen it, I went to the antique mall and I found one of the old Fisher Price xylophones, technically a Glockenspiel, which I've gotten so many comments about. Um, <laughs> but I'm still going to call it a, a xylophone. And did uh, they say Fisher Price Glockenspiel on the packaging? <laughs> it does not. It says Fisher Price xylophone. So there you go. So tell them all to bug off. Yeah, and uh, I, I tore it apart, and I just kept the the keys or whatever they are called, and kind of redid the body, and put a um, a contact mic on there, and I recorded the song with it. I I did a couple things where I sampled all the notes, and it's in a major scale, and there's eight notes, and so when I sample, I can use the the computer to fill in. Um, all the the half steps and lower notes and higher notes. So I have like a full piano uh, chromatic scale of all the notes. And so I made a beat and played that and I corrected some of the, the, the tuning issues. And then for part of it, I played live on there too. And the music nerds out there, and I use nerds in a, in a good positive way. Uh, they were like, yeah. <laughs> they were like, Hey, part of that is out of tune. And I was like, I know you have a good ear. So <laughs> it was a, it was a fun video. Everybody, uh, not everybody, but uh, I got a really good reaction. People saying that's that's your best video yet. So I love hearing that. Oh wow, cool! It's a crossover of making and music. It makes sense yeah. that it would be your best one. I will say that the contact mic is not the right mic for that thing because it picks up. It doesn't pick up. Um, I don't know how to get. I don't, I'm not going to get into the technical. Um, issues and how it works but because i don't know but uh it doesn't it picks up more in the vibrations and it's used like to push up it, it sits flat on on a surface and it's more percussive than than musical if does that make sense you so you yeah. you hear the thunk of the mallet and i'm using wood mallets and i probably should have rubber or plastic mallets but you hear more of the thunk and then the ding so the contact mic didn't work out so well hmm Mm. Mm. Still really cool. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> I wish people could see Jimmy. I just, it'd just be nice to have video. Just, yeah, <laughs> you're just like bobbing and yeah. Mm -hmm. Jimmy, what are you been up to? I uh, I just put up my last Lowe's video, which is uh, the, the the stove side seats. And I learned a lot. A lot of people said, you screwed up. You know, I, I, it's one of those things where you look at the comments for like half a day and then you just never look back because you're too afraid to hear mean mm -hmm. comments. Yeah. Anyway, I, I should have, and I didn't, I guess I just didn't really pay close enough attention. What people don't understand is the heating in that area of the, of the house doesn't work at all. There's like almost no heat in that section of the house. It's all covered with windows that are made in like 1880s. And the wind, if you stand there and the wind blows and you see the trees blowing outside the windows, you feel your hair blowing too. So like that part of the house is completely almost unheatable. 
the pellet stove is really what carries the heat. So I covered up my my vents and I covered up the baseboard heating, which is horrible. It is horrible, ugly heating. It's everywhere in the house. The previous owner installed it because the house had no heating. This house was just a summer house. And well, it was a full-time house in the turn of the century and previous, but as it got into this, this whole area became more of like a summer vacation area. This house was just a summer house and it never had, all the stoves were removed and everything. And Anyway, so the previous owner put all this baseboard heating in, which is horrible. And they ran hose. Like if you come and see, you'll see hoses are kind of awkwardly placed. The copper piping is awkwardly placed through certain sections of the walls. And and it looks like someone ripped it out of like an elementary school from the 70s and put it in this house. And so I try and cover it up as much as possible. So those seats were to do two purposes, cover up the ugly heating and have some storage and then some window seats to sit in the windows. And so I pro- I should have properly raised them up so the cold air would come up underneath them and then come up out of the vents in the back. But that's that's the furthest away from the heating unit in the house. So when hot water is created and sent to those baseboards, they have to travel like 60 feet. And by the time they get there, it's like cold tea. So it doesn't, you know, I don't have any insulation on the pipes because they're all like buried in walls and stuff. So the point I'm making is I made window seats to cover my ugly vents. I didn't necessarily try and utilize those vents, but I didn't say that. So people are mm. all like, oh my God, the technical aspect of what you're doing is absolutely atrocious <laughs> and horrible and you should die. And oh. <laughs> so I, uh, I just kind of bowed out of the comment section. So in reality, I was just trying to cover up those ugly ugly heating vents. And I just showed a little bit of a utility where if you wanted the heat to go through, you could make these wooden vents. But what I should have done is raised it up a few inches so that that cold air could sweep up underneath it. And I've done that in the past at clients' houses in New York City, which is which is a common thing that I've made. But I just wasn't thinking this time around. But anyway, that, that video is up and it's doing well. I think I'm at like 200,000 views in a couple of days. But today I start a new video for Lincoln. I'm making a trolley for the big giant bandsaw that I bought a few weeks ago. And uh, my buddy's reorganizing the shop, so we're going to try and have some more room. I'm giving a lot of machines away. A good thing, my buddy who was at the shop last night organizing, oh, we talked before we started, so nobody knows what I'm talking about. My buddy was organizing my shop last night, and I left him there alone. And, and when I went over there this morning at 8.30, he was still there. So he worked through the night. Whoa. And I... I kind of like touched like six machines. I'm like, you can have this, you can have this, you can have this, you can have this. And so he has that all piled at the front. So I'm going to have a lot of room after this podcast when I go back. (laughs) He's got a shop in his house nearby. So when I left the city, I know I'm rambling. I'll stop in one second, I promise. When I left the city, Brett moved up here and so did my buddy Ryan so they could be near the shop. Of course, Brett's a daily, daily shop visitor. And Brian still works in the city, so he comes back and forth. And so Ryan finally said, hey, I want to help with the shop. It's been a year that he's been up here and now he finally is like digging into the shop and he has a house with a garage and a big basement that he rented up here near me. And so he wants, he's been making a shop. So he's going to take all these tools and, and use them in his shop at his house. So does anybody care? Yeah, I care. (laughs) So so that point is, is that Ryan's cleaning my shop right now. So. I saw on your story not too long ago, I don't remember when it was, that you were back in the city and that you maybe legally or illegally oh. went into your old shop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I what? illegally went into my old shop. Yeah. Um, that's funny. I completely left out. Jenny Swiss was here. If anybody knows Jenny Swiss from Instagram, we met him last year at Maker Central. And Habu, 
two great YouTubers, great guys. We had a lot of laughs. Those guys came and visited. I picked, they stayed in the city for a couple of days and then I went to the city and met them and we did a little tour and I, we went to visit my old shop and the gate was unlocked. So I opened the gate and we went downstairs. I know the building managers and stuff. So if they saw me, it wouldn't be super weird. They'd be like, oh, what are you doing here? I'd be like, oh, wait, what happened to all my tools? I would have made a joke. But so we wandered around the basement down there. They really, when I moved out of there, everyone thought they were kicking me out so they could raise the rent. They wanted me out of there because the basement needs a lot of maintenance. They changed the doors. The doors were all rotted. The building has settled over years. And so the doors never shut. So most of the, like, I never publicize this, but you used to be able to just literally hop in the garden and walk into my shop from the back because none of the doors would close. I would pile things in front of them and like put like a chain on them, but none of the doors would close because the building had settled. The metal frames were all jostled around. So there were three entrances to my basement shop from the back of the building. None of the doors closed. And anyway, they ripped out all the concrete and replaced those doors. And they, uh, the plumbing down there is still a mess. I could, we walked down there the other night and I noticed there's still toilet paper and debris from the drain still backs up. You know, so that's a major problem that needs to be fixed by tearing up the basement floor. And I know that's something they have to do if they want the building to last. Uh, but they know they don't want to because it's probably, you know, $100,000 worth of construction. And uh, so when I moved out, they just wanted the place to be empty. And so we did a little tour and there was like still some of my knickknacks on the walls. So Habu and and uh, Lucas took some stuff off the walls and we just we had a laugh and took some pictures and then we left before the police came. And, uh, and I forgot to mention also, I, I'm making 25 C and C signs for bullet bourbon and I'm becoming a bullet bourbon sign factory. I forgot to mention that's taken up quite a bit of my week last week. And the scenes, everyone keeps saying, how many bits have you broken? Because the CNC machine is screeching on my stories. I'm making a two inch deep cut with a quarter inch bit so it can get into all the corners of the, the vectors. And, that means it has to go, you can't go any deeper than the bit is wide. So if the bit is quarter inch wide, you got to go down eight times to get to the bottom of the cut. And so I hit go on the CNC machine, then I leave. <laughs> and, and like four hours goes by and I come back and I could, as I'm pulling up to the building, I hear that crazy screech. And I'm like, oh, still not cut. So I just sit in my car and check my text messages till the screech stops. And I go in and... <laughs> Is that a general rule? You can't go any deeper than the bit is wide? Generally speaking, yeah. Because I don't go nearly that deep. I'm, and I'm thinking maybe I can I can hog more material yeah. than what yeah. I'm doing. So a quarter-inch bit, is, you're not supposed to go any deeper than the bit is wide, technically okay. speaking. And um, I probably could take a bigger bite. So I used this four-inch long bit, and I was using three inches of it exposed out of the, the collet. And uh, I made... Almost 200 letters. I made a bunch of extras because one one particular letter kept getting messed up the way because as soon as it would become loose, it would become chattery and break. So I made a bunch of U's over. And last night I was like, oh, let me test one thing after everything was cut. And I did, the bit broke <laughs> on the last test. Oh. So I don't need it anymore. I could just go buy another one. I actually have a backup. But it was funny. It was like the very last thing. I'm like, let me just try this so that I could make maybe two more U's without breaking them. And then the bit snapped because I was trying something different. I was trying to make one deep cut. So. I think like that rule, that rule may apply to the type of spindles that are on your, on the shop bot and mm -hmm. like on my CNC router parts, but a, a smaller router that may be pretty aggressive. Okay. I mean, I, you know, there's oh, a bunch possibly, of yeah, obviously, yeah. but 
Yeah, I'm thinking yeah, just the bit specifically. Yeah, I don't know that I would jump into that like with a, a DeWalt router or something that deep, but I don't know. I'm no pro at CNC stuff like Jimmy is, so I don't really know. <laughs> um, so we – oh, I didn't talk about what I was working on. What are you working Let on? Let me do that real quick because oh, uh, bathroom oh, still. That's still. S- still. Still working on the bathroom. Um, yeah, I've been like tiling just so much, so much tile. Hey, um, this will be fun. David, ask me to tile your bathroom for you. Hey, Bob, can you tile my bathroom? No, 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 I will not. <laughs> I, 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 I sort of get the feeling that you are worn out and tired of tiling. I am tired of tiling. It's actually going really well, but it's just like it's a massive amount. You know, we're doing the floor, floor of the shower, the walls of the shower to the ceiling, and then we've got like a backsplash around the. And it's just it's just a lot. But anyway, I've been working on the bathroom a whole bunch. Um, and the first video, it's a two part project, and the first video comes out this Thursday. So by the time this shows out, it'll be out. And it's like demolition, trying to get everything down to a clean slate, and then getting it ready to start bringing back up. And then the second video will be putting everything back in place and finishing all the stuff. And it's going to look great. Like I'm very happy with it. Stuff is working out really well. There's all these things along the the path that I've never done before. You know, I've, like I've laid tile before, but I've never done it in a shower where it has to be fully waterproof. I've I've done plumbing before, but I've never done a shower and a tub and a toilet and two sinks at the same time. And I've never done a shower pan that has to be waterproof. So there's all these like little, this is new. Sure. Hope I don't screw this up. <laughs> yeah. Things. Did you have to tile around and, any orifices, like a window or like a little portal or anything? Um, the only thing I've had to do, like there's a niche in the shower, like a little inset box. And so I've had to uh, cut marble for a, an, like the walls of that thing and then tile up to that because it, mm-hmm. it overhangs a little bit. And then there's a step in the shower. we got to tile up to that. And I'm at a point now where i got to tile up to the mixing valve and the shower spout. So you got to brown things to come up against. Um, did you? Yeah. I haven't done that yet. Did you buy a tile cutter or are you running one? Um, yeah, I bought like a tile, like a, a power tile saw um, at Lowe's and it's been totally i mean like without it you could do it but good grief it saves so much time having you know a powered saw it's got a laser on it it's got like a water pump feed to keep it all running the whole time so that turns on anytime you turn the saw on it's been a huge help i couldn't imagine doing it without that yeah Um, doing tile work or cutting shapes of tile is a little bit like cutting metal shapes you could also use a like a diamond four inch diamond mm -hmm. grinder and run it and then nibble nibble away like a like a half a circle for a pipe or something yeah yeah that's just like I'm you planning. would do with metal um i've got a yeah i've got a little one for an angle grinder that i just haven't had to use yet but that's my plan is to try to get those inside curves um but yeah i mean you know it's moving along it's going to be really nice when it's done but i'm just at the point where it's just been a whole bunch of the same work you know, like a tile is just the same work over and over and over. And so I'm ready to have that part finished and move on to like really wrapping up pieces to where I could say like that thing is done. Now I move over to the because right now everything's undone. Everything is halfway through or whatever. So anyway, that's what I've been doing. And I'm super ready to not be doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Taylor talked me into tiling the wall in the kitchen a few years ago. 
and we tiled the wall uh, and the windows. There's a big window right in the middle of it. And we tiled up the left side and the right side, and we'll get up to And then as we get to the top where there has to be one complete row over the window, one whole side was like half inch lower than the other side. Ooh. We had to pull mm. all the tiles off of one side and squish them around, and thank God we still had time to do that. <laughs> Nothing had already set, set, set. But that mm. was like we thought we were like, man, we're rocking along. And then all of a sudden, like almost 50% of the job had to be like, pulled off repositioned, slid Ugh. around and we had to spread out that half inch i don't know how we did it on because the tiles do have like those spacers that are like in constructed into them so that you could have room for grout and we were able to squish that one whole side and it spread it, it and get them both sides to look even so now it looks perfect mm. but that took like three hours to figure out how to get that right i've been using a laser level which is because I'm doing subway tile in the in the shower and it wraps around three walls and yeah. so those three walls have to be yeah that's what the, we did the line subway, has to go all the way around and that um, the laser level has been huge because wow. you put it in the middle of the shower and it shines on all three walls at the same time so as you're doing a line you're making sure that it is hitting the previous wall that you already worked on and nice that's been that's been really helpful and I think it's turning out really nicely you know it's it's like, I'm definitely no pro at tile, but when I stand back and look at it and go like, wow, like I did all right. <laughs> Looks pretty good, you know. Looks better is... than a restaurant bathroom. <laughs> you want to see a bad tile hey, job? Yeah. Look in a restaurant bathroom. You could tell the guy did it like with two days to open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always horrible. Hopefully my bathroom won't look like that. That would yeah. be bad. Um, so uh, Brandon, who edits the show, sent us a message this morning and said congrats on episode 200, which was really cool. But he said, if you were looking for a topic – would love to know how your lives would be different now if you hadn't started the show 200 episodes ago. I don't have an answer for that, but I think it's a really good question. Um, and I didn't... I have a yeah. couple things to start, yeah. Uh, well, I would have all my Monday morning appointments. That would be one thing. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> um, it's funny. I used to hang out with this doctor all the time. We used to be close friends. We don't, we don't talk anymore for something stupid, but... Every time I hung out with him, every time he got a phone call, he would always go, uh, yeah, Thursday at 4.30. Like, cause that was like far away in the week and 4.30 was late in the day. So all of his other bull, bull S would be done out of the way. And I, my version of that is, yeah, let's do it Monday morning at nine. Like, that's just like everything. I just throw everything to Monday morning at nine. Like, like I said earlier, I'm slowly remembering that we have obligations, but I think what we've created here is, is is fantastic and it's amazing and it's a sense of community that the three of us started and i'm not saying we were the first podcast but there's a lot of podcasts now and a lot pop up i just started a new one bob you started a new one but i think the podcast area is a great place for the whole community to talk communicate i mean i listen to a lot of the podcasts by other people in this community and i know we all do and it's been it's been a great sounding board for all of us to share our thoughts either behind the scenes or in our daily lives in a place for us to really vent. And, you know, it's, it's been fantastic. And I think without this podcast, there'd be a big loss of a sense of community that we didn't know that we wouldn't even know we were missing. So I think it's, it's, it's been great. And like I said, either we were inspired by or inspire other podcasts. I think it's great. And when anybody starts a new podcast, everyone's like, oh, another podcast to listen to. I think it's great because it's just more points of view, more people to talk to. And it's a lot of work. You know, even us, like every time I do my little podcast with, with Andrew and, and Eric, 
it's like, oh, we got to do this. We got to figure out. It's like, like how many, I can't imagine doing 200 with those guys because the technical aspects behind the scenes every week, I learn what I did wrong in my, my editing audio. Like I, I show up with a mic here and I sound perfect in my podcast with you guys. When I sit here with this dude, trying to do the same exact thing. I screw it all up behind the scenes. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing wrong. My mic is always super low. So Brandon, if you're dealing with the problems that I'm dealing with, I apologize. But I wanted, <clears throat> I talked to Brandon. He's going to take over eventually. But in the meantime, I just want to learn the technical glitches. So I've been, I've been conveniently uh, ignorant of all of this stuff. So I'm trying to teach myself on this other podcast. So I think a big sense of community would be a big sense of loss. We wouldn't know what we were missing, uh, and all of us, us three, and then everybody that listens. So that's that's I think been a, been a great, a great, 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 a, a great aspect that I think wasn't really part of the plan. Part of the plan was just oh, let's just talk about what we do. And but the community, and you know, we really, really saw that at making it one hundred, and it was such a great community great event and you know that that day we all made friends we still have and we will have for a real long time and uh so that that's that's what i have to say about it for now i'll come up with more thoughts after you guys talk yeah i mean i think um the community aspect is a really interesting thing that i didn't i mean i guess that's what you said you didn't know you needed <clears throat> like you know when we get together at maker fair or these different events a couple of times a year we get to see people and it's a super concentrated um you know everybody's in one place and you talk to everybody and it's just like nonstop talking and i lose my voice every time and it's great but the rest of the time like we most of us work kind of in a vacuum you know we work on our own in our own shops with maybe a couple of people and we're pretty much separated except through social media. And, you know, and that's fine. But it's interesting that um, having, having a weekly time to be able to sit in front of two other people who I know can share a lot of experiences with me, even though we're very different, we have different lives, we have different purposes and interests and all that stuff. There's a commonality that we get to share that I didn't think would be as useful to me personally as it is. You mm -hmm. know, the fact that I can meet up with you guys every week and know that I can talk about how awful tile is and you're nodding your head going, yep, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like uh, that means a lot. So, I mean, that's a personal thing that's affected me uh, being able to do this for so long with you guys. And I think uh, maybe this sounds selfish. That means more to me than what it, and then what the show means to other people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the three of us, they, we wouldn't probably just get together and hang out for an hour and a half on a Monday morning unless there was a show that came out of it, right? Right. Which is sad, but that's, that's life. People have work. They have stuff to do. We wouldn't just get on Skype and hang out for this long. Um, so the fact that this goes out to other people gives us an incentive to do that where we wouldn't do it otherwise, but that time has been really valuable to me personally. And I think that's, that's like a cool kind of backwards, awesome way to get to hang out with people. Yeah. So for me, how it affects me personally is I'm so happy and thankful that we moved the podcast to Monday morning at 9am because <laughs> uh, Mondays are my days to clean the shop, design the project for that week and get materials and 
it's a very low stress day because there's no deadlines on that particular Monday, except I need to have a project design. And doing this podcast, the very first thing forces me to start working right away. And it just puts me in a, in a good place for the rest of the week. I'm just, I'm ready to go. I'm always motivated after, even if I'm, if I'm not feeling well, or I'm mentally struggling with something, I'm always so motivated after the podcast. And, and it really sets the, a, a tone for the rest of the week. And um, as far as like the, the community, it keeps me um, accountable for the things. I, if I say I'm going to do something, I, I I now have to do them because there's an audience listening to me. There's 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 you two. I, I, I'm telling you you two like, hey, I'm going to work on this thing this week. And if I come back next week and I didn't work on the thing, it's kind of like, oh, uh, y- y- you know, like I'm 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 not only working for myself, but I'm working for the audience. I'm working for you so I can share this with you to keep it keeps me motivated for for sure. Yeah. I would agree. And I think that same kind of thing applies with like thinking through, this may be a stretch, but it works in my head. Um, Thinking through our businesses, there's a lot of stuff that I wouldn't allow myself to like spend time thinking about if I didn't think it was valuable here. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely, it's like having good homework. Yeah. In a way, like when you get good homework from art school, because that's where I went. You would home go home and you'd be like, oh, wow, okay, I'm really, I can't wait to talk about this and share it. So there's a lot of that too, which if we didn't have those soundboards, we probably wouldn't have a place to focus that energy towards. And the, and the brainstorming and the problem solving that the three of us get to do, that's always super beneficial. To yeah. There, there's, been a, there's been a few times where I'm like, I had this idea, but I don't know how to execute it. And then we just work it out on the show. And then I'm like, yes, that's what I'm going to do. That's happened many times. And uh, maybe just another thought that's unrelated to that. Um, so when I've, before we started really doing the show, like even after we started it, but before it, it became a thing that was regular and just part of our businesses and everything, I always thought of podcasts as a very, very one-way form of communication because we sit here and we talk and then like a week later, this conversation goes out to a bunch of people and we can't control, there's no comment section. There's no, you know, we can't control like how they listen to it or where they listen to it or it's just, it's out there. And that's the way I always thought about podcasting differently from YouTube where we know where it is. We know how they're watching it. We know that there's a comment section. We can go there and react to stuff. But it turns out that Podcasting is a lot more of a conversation than I realized. And maybe a lot of that just has to do with Patreon being a way to get feedback from people. I'm not sure. But it's just, it's cool that these conversations don't just stay in this little bubble in this Skype window and that's the end of it. You know, like we actually get a lot of feedback from people giving us answers to things that we don't know. Uh, giving us ideas of things to talk about, giving us questions that they are dealing with. They want us to try to like fill in the gaps for them. And it's pretty awesome that we have that loop there where we can put something out, get feedback, and then be able to put something else out in response to that, you know, to give, to answer those questions or whatever. Because I think a lot of times, you know, if, if the three of us were just at Jimmy's place and we were just sitting around talking and we had the same conversation, that's the end of it. Is gone, 
and it doesn't affect anyone else. It doesn't have any input from anyone else. But now, because of this, we get to start a conversation, put it out there, and then listen to the response of other people and then reintegrate that response into another conversation. It's this really cool cycle that doesn't happen in a lot of other places, you know, in social media world and in content. Um, so that's been a really cool thing. And and just doing this show has made me more interested in doing more things not video-related. It's gotten me more interested in doing uh, voiceover stuff, which I still haven't really done, but I would. It's it's more interesting to me than it ever has been. It's made me want to do other podcasts because I love the format and I love the the conversational part of it. Yeah. it would, you know, like when you're when you're voicing over a project or you're talking through some technical thing, there's not as much room for just like being a human. And here. Being a human is great. <laughs> it's what makes this work, you know, and and so doing more of that is something that that I would like to. And I think that's just because I've gotten so much out of doing this show with you guys. So and I think that's pr- part of why so many other podcasts show up, you know, and why people will start more because they they listen to people having a conversation and how comfortable and how much people get out of it. And they're like, I want that, too. And yep. if it takes me hitting record to be able to have that with other people, then so be it, you know, and that's great. Yep, yep, yep. It's like a town hall in a way. Uh, one thing I miss out yeah. in, in this format, one thing I really miss is I, when I was talking to Lowe's about potentially doing a podcast, which I don't know if it's off the table, but that was a year ago with the conversation. I, I immediately said I wanted to do one where I could have an open conversation. I don't know what the technical aspects of that. If we had some engineer and money and everything to deal with, I'd have somebody figure out how we could take live phone calls. That would be awesome. It's just to have like a live conversation. That's something I would really want to do. And in, in time, if that ever happens, I, I love being blindsided with questions. It, it, it gets, it gets the, the, the creative juices going when you immediately are, are hit with something that you otherwise wouldn't expect. You know? And honestly, some of, we've done a couple of those episodes in the past, and those are some of my favorite ones where we come with questions for each other. Yeah about making stuff or otherwise, I think yeah. that's awesome. We should do that again soon. That's yeah, because awesome. left to our own devices, you, you tend to just meander the, the path with least resistance. I'm brainstorming with the Maker Mob guys, and they said, can you make a couple of videos in February? And I said, sure. And they're like, what do you want to make? I'm like, you know what? Why don't you guys make a list of things you want me to make? It would be more fun for me because hmm. otherwise I'll make, you know, five simple things that I probably have already made before. <laughs> so... You know what you haven't made in a while what? is a knife. I know. You know, I'm saying that just as I'm touching. Look at that. I'm reorganizing well, my I razor you, blade section. You did make that one. This actually is a, a – uh, This I'm holding up the razor blade. This is a factory sample. I'm having a factory make my razor blades. We're getting quoting quotes on the razor blade. Because I made a bunch. The big handmade ones I made are making noise. They're cool and wonderful, but – they're a real pain for me to make over and over and over again. So I'm having a factory that makes knives, make my razor blades and my my maker knife. So I'll have those samples soon. It's exciting. Speaking of maker knife, do you guys <gasps> oh. have your maker knife yet? No. No, not yet. So we, I think we should talk about it every week. <laughs> so Jocko will do it. That, I was just he, texting with Jocko under just so now. so much pressure. I know. I'm totally messing with him. Uh. 
That building he has is. Did you guys watch his latest video of that cool building he got? Not yet. Not yet. So Jocko, Jocko got a factory building. I was with him when he was doing the bidding in the summer. He bid in some online auction. I think it was kind of like a foreclosure or something. He has like a big piece of property with a building that's probably, I'm guessing, sixty to 70,000 square feet, maybe more, maybe less. It's an old it's building. That, it's not old. It's like a modern building. It looks like it was made within the last 25 years. And it was a factory that went out of business. And then they emptied it. And then whoever owned the building wanted money for it. So I think probably a bank or somebody auctioned it. And Jocko now owns it. It is incredible makerspace. It's going to be insane. So Jocko just put out his latest video. He's going to do a little bit of a vlog style where he tries to post a couple times a week on the progress of the building out of the building. And that's where he put those giant machines. Did you see those big machines that he moved recently? Yeah. That's yeah. it's just madness. I don't what I mean okay, I put so a comment. I just the... put a comment. I was like, you win. <laughs> when it comes to the, the arms race, he wins. <laughs> He he showed me the building like when he first got it. He sent me some pictures of it, and he was yeah. like, "We're gonna do this here and this here," and and I had no idea that he was gonna get machines like that. Maybe he didn't either. I don't know. But no, like, well, I know, I know for what's a fact, he gonna do with those? He ha- he wanted the wire EDM machines, so it was there was all in one lot. You know, uh, oh, in an auction, a lot is oh, like man. you have to buy this group of products for this auction number. So there was all one lot, and I think I, I'm he didn't tell me how much, but I'm assuming he got those machines for like next to free. Because of the inconvenience of moving them. So even yeah. if he, all those machines were free, the hiring, the rigging company, they're not free. You know, like right. I got my Bridgeport for free, but because of where it was, it cost me $2,000 to get it here. So I technically got it for free, but I didn't. So I think he's in the same ballpark. He wanted the wire EDM machine, but he had to take all those other machines with it. And he's going to get them going. I think he's got he's got them plugged in and moving a little bit. So they're all just big, giant, old, you know, antique CNC machines. I say antique; they're probably twenty years old. So, I can't wait to see yeah. what he does with the with the EDM machine. Like that's oh yeah, going to be crazy because nobody that's the has machine that. he uses to make the knife. So yeah. that was the the main reason he wanted. I think the one he ended up buying from that factory auction is the same one they used to actually create the maker knife in China. Oh well, so, hmm, that's cool. It's actually the same exact one. I believe. I, maybe I'm just guessing. But I know the early samples are made that Could, same exact one. It, it, it cuts metal, but there really is not much of a curve, right? Hardly at all? Yeah, no, the, the curve could be like, I, I, I don't know. We can research it, but it's probably like five, six, eight thousandths thick. Like as thick as a piece of paper. Is, is typically a piece of paper is about three thousandths yeah, of it. So it's cool. thick. And the way or YDM, it's basically a bandsaw. It's a bandsaw, but with a with the EDM electrical discharge. And what happens is that electrical discharge evaporates the metal. So that as that wire is passing through, it's not cutting, but it's evaporating the metal. That's crazy. So you can get some, you should see some EDM parts that like, it looks like a solid block and you push on the corner and like these puzzle pieces pull out of it. It's crazy. So you can get really hmm. super thin curves. You, like you can't even see the curve in some wire EDM stuff. So there's no resistance. You can have like a like a human hair is your is your wire. There's, it's not like a bandsaw blade where if you push on it, it's going to have some some flex because there is no flex. It's just it's evaporating the metal as it. There's like a. I, I'm talking a little bit out of school, but it is like a puff of microscopic air around it. Hmm. So that's what's so cool about. Oh. It. Hmm. That's, that's why you, you can get absolutely straight cuts. 
in thick, thick steel. And Jocko's knife is only, you know, probably 20,000 thick. I wouldn't know because I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Just messing with you, Jocko. All right. Um, well, we're like an hour in almost. You guys got anything else you want to talk about with uh, 200 of these? Or anything else? I just think it's cool, and and I and I, I always wonder every time I do something. I was like, when is this? Like, when is it going to come to an end? When is going to be that day where you just like lock the door and walk away? Because there always will be that day, and I'm just glad that it doesn't seem like it's in the short, distant future. Mm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I've made yeah. I've made a couple of good friends. Thank yeah, you. I mean, I, I, I you know unless I go all Hollywood on you guys and. Podcast That's true. Show. Yeah. Podcast, yeah. podcast. I have a different making it podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> podcast, podcast. It's just a thing yeah. I do on um, Mondays, you know. Just yeah. If I haven't scheduled anything, right, yeah. right. Um, so we might actually have more stuff to talk about in the after show. Okay. Do you have any, Jimmy? Me? Maybe. Uh, yeah. More more details on the thing that you mentioned last week in the after show, or is it still Jimmy Two Shows? Um, Jimmy Jimmy Two Shows. Yeah, no, there's a possibility I might join that 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 other after show after show. Wait, I don't know how I just started after, we're music. Not... Yeah, in the after show. Anyway, okay. yeah. let me think our let me think our patrons, <laughs> and then we can talk about that stuff in the after show. Uh, big thanks to everybody who's helping us out over there on Patreon, and all of the people who signed up or increased their pledge to get the. If you can making it here, you can making it anywhere poster. We've hmm. got to figure out a better way to say that. Thank you for the support. And um, we're collecting addresses. We're Jimmy's printing more posters and all that stuff. It'll be a little bit before we get them out to you, but we are working on it. Um, but big thanks to Wise Old Dal, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, Caleb Harris, Maker in Training, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, BG Workshop, and Make Build Modify. They're our top patrons. But we are grateful to everybody um, at all levels who's helping us out over there. And everybody, even the the people who are pledged a dollar, get the after show, which is where we talk about secret stuff and Jimmy wears pants sometimes. Mm-hmm. Depends. Sometimes. Depends. Depends. Stuff. Yeah. And that's in your uh, – there's a special RSS feed from Patreon that you get to get that show. Last week, we accidentally posted the previous week's after show. And if everybody let us know, sorry about that. If you delete that and refresh it, you'll get the new one. We we fixed it. You just got to refresh. So there's that. What have you guys been watching? I've got two videos. So if somebody doesn't have a video, I got you. Um, one <laughs> is I posted my xylophone video and this guy, Leon, not saying his last name, not even going to try. He sent me a video that he made called Arduino Glockenspiel. So it's got little hammers that plays plays the xylophone it's really cool that's one video and another one is uh the monster maker he made this hug in a box and there's some really cool techniques that he uses in the video that i found interesting and it's an art piece so there'll be a link to those two videos down in in the stuff i'm gonna promote my the stuff my new homies habu Check out Habu. That's the name of his channel, Habu, and 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 Jenny Swiss. These guys came and it was funny. They they they're like, hey, if we come to New York, can we come visit you? 
And I was like, yeah, sure. I said, it's a little complicated. And they, they flew into JFK and they're like, oh, what, what cab, how much of is a cab to your place? I'm like, probably $2,000, <laughs> <So about laughs> 150 miles north of New York City. So I said to those guys, I'm like, chill in New York for a couple of days. I'm coming down Wednesday. I got a doctor visit. I'll pick you up. And, and it worked out great. And they came up here. We spent uh, Thursday, Friday, a little bit of Saturday, and I drove them to the airport and back into New York. And then I had to go pick up Willie in New York. Now Willie's back upstate with me. And so we had a, a great few days. We had a really inspiring trip. And those guys had fun. And they took lots of videos. So I'm sure they have like all the horrible angles that I never like to show of myself on their two vlog videos that they're going to make, like all my love handles and bald spot shots, which I call Fred. I'm like, let's shoot all day. No love handles, no bald spots. That's that's like an ongoing thing. But when there's other people filming me, I never know. And then I see on their Instagram story, I'm like, oh, that's the worst angle of my life in the whole world. <laughs> so if you want to see the behind the scenes of me, check out <laughs> Jenny Swiss's channel and Habu's channel. I'm sure they're going to be doing some some stories i have an idea for you yeah. you should make one video that is just all of those shots right <laughs> so like you shoot an entire project video that is called love handles and bald what, spots what did you say what was it bald spots <laughs> and it's just all those they get it out there man it's, then you don't have it's to worry there. about it it's everybody's <laughs> no all right well mine is um there's a channel called Home Repair Tutor, and I don't remember the guy's name, but I've actually talked to him, I think, over comments and stuff before. While I've been doing this bathroom, there have been several things where I'm like, I think I know how to do this, but I don't want to do it wrong on camera, so I'm going to look up just to make sure. Or like there was some stuff around uh, the waterproofing I used for the shower that I didn't know how to do, and I looked that up. Anyway, I looked up several different things, and this channel came up almost every single time. He's got... It's, I think it's a few people, but they've got a ton of different videos covering all sorts of home repair and renovation and all sorts of stuff. And they obviously know what they're doing. Um, I don't I don't know if they're like all contractors or if they just bring on different people. I don't know the deal, but the channel has been really helpful. So I'm going to put a link to them. If you're looking to do some sort of renovation on your house, uh, it might be a good place to start because they may have something covering it. So go check them out. You guys got anything else? All good. It's going to be a high of negative eight on Wednesday. That's the oh, high. I know there, there is a Arctic freeze coming. It's going to be negative 20 to 40 degrees in Chicago. Frostbite happens instantly at 40 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. Mm. Or I hope you were safe by the time you listen to this. That's uh, crazy. No dog walking. Yeah, true. All right, cool. Well, thank you guys for 200 episodes. You Thank too. You. Very much. Oh, thanks. Love you and guys. everybody listening. Thank you. Love you too. And Love you we guys. will see everybody next week in 201. 201. 201. Later. Bye. Love you. Love 200.